Thanks, I'm Norm MacDonald, and now the fake news. Well, it is finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a this. Burt Reynolds. Chinese whore. Right, Smokey. Wow, a guy like Travis Cole has a great life. Why, just because he's rich? No, because he doesn't say crap from anybody. There's two kinds of people in this world, those who get stomped on and those who do the stomping. <laughs> Where'd you come up with that theory? That famous guy said it. What's his name? Uh... Oh, yeah, Jesus. In honor of this year's Academy Awards, Carnival Airlines is offering anyone named Oscar a free flight to or from Los Angeles. The airline had tried a similar promotion in the past for the Tony Awards, but according to airline spokesman, they found that their planes were packed with too many, quote, greasy Italians. And what separates me, okay, from like Hollywood directors, okay, is that, that I have a, like, I have a huge head, all right, okay? Now, now I don't mean I have a big ego, okay, because I don't, all right? I mean, my actual head is huge, all right? I mean, I have to sleep sitting up, okay? Like the elephant man, or I'll die, all right? But, but okay, get this, though, okay? It was my huge head, okay, that thought up who was perfect to play Marcellus's wife, all right? Do you have a scene where you and, and you, you and him embrace? Yeah, lots of making out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Nothing but making out. All right. It's like nine and a half weeks, but carrot top. <laughs> we were doing. Wow. I gotta check out that movie. Is it called Nine and a Half Seconds? <laughs> Like he's premature ejaculated. <laughs> we got it. You know, you know what happened? <laughs> this is what happened. Hey, um, I speak a little French. You're an ass bite. Pardon my French. <laughs> my name's French. Yeah, well, who gives a damn? Uh, shall we begin? Sure. All right. Well, this is the second attempt for you and me to uh, pay tribute to, uh, well, the tippy top of the mountain. You know what I mean? You'll get a lot of people, when you see their tributes to Norm MacDonald, uh, say, oh, he's one of my favorites. One of my, my favorite. Bar yeah. none. The tippy top of the mountain for me. It doesn't get better than Norm. And, of course, we lost him on Monday at the age of 61 from cancer. He had it for nine years and didn't tell anybody. And that's the way he wanted to go. Um, I have an article pulled up here. I mean, yeah, first of all, just like him and Chadwick Boseman, mm -hmm. they, don't wanna, they didn't want to make a spectacle. Yeah. You know, they wanted their, their, they respected their own privacy. And, mm. you know... 
It's uh, someone said that that's a very norm way to go. Yeah, well, you know, I actually, last night after we tried our uh, recording of it, uh, Brian's fire alarm in his apartment went off and we had to stop recording. So (laughs) instead of continuing where we left off, we just started fresh. Um, And then also, not only did it, uh, when I tried to pick it up from where we left off, my computer crashed and the file didn't save. So I was was trying to save face there for your technical problems. Lying to our listeners, but anyway. Um, But no, I I saw an interview with him. It was actually posted to I'm Not Norm, which is like the Norm MacDonald Internet Library. has all of his stuff. And um, it was a radio interview he did where he was talking about the actor Richard Farnsworth. And Norm was always a big fan of this guy. And he was just like Norm. Like for the last several years of his life, he was just riddled with cancer. But he didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody. And he actually did this movie called The Straight Story that was directed by David Lynch. But it's not like a weird movie. It's like it's just a straight ahead movie. Yeah. Um, and Norm was talking about how much he admired that. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't want to be a burden on anyone. And it, it was it was just kind of apropos of nothing that he brought this up. And yeah. then he, now you hear it. And you're like, hey. <sighs> Excuse me. <laughs> You know, well, I mean, you know, you look at things too. Like, let's say Norm was quitting comedy, right? Uh-huh. He wouldn't, he wouldn't make some Derek Jeter obnoxious farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> he would just be like, uh, like literally, the people who were at his last comedy special or his last uh, show, whatever. It's like, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this because I'm not doing stand up ever again. Bye bye. He just like walk off. He just, you know yeah, what I mean? Walk off. He, he nev- wouldn't. You'd never see he him again. He changed his name. Like yeah. other people. Yeah, exactly. Um, but actually, I have uh, Exclaim Magazine with the online publication pulled up uh, kind of a bunch of tweets from various contemporaries and friends and. Uh, the Adam Sandler tweeted, he's like, everyone loved Norm. Some of the hardest laughs of my life was with this man. Most fearless, funny, original guy we knew. An incredible dad, great friend, a legend. Love you, pal. Uh, Conan said, I'm absolutely devastated about Norm. And it's, again, this is the same thing. I Like in my posts uh, on our Instagram, I said the same thing. Most unique comedic voice was so relentlessly, uncompromisingly funny. I will never laugh that hard again. I'm so sad for all of us. Because I think between him, Harlan Williams, and, I don't know, maybe Bill Burr, those are the people that seem to have him laughing the hardest uh, whenever uh, they come uh, on Will Conan. Will Arnett, too. Arnett always has oh, yeah? a good set when he's on uh, on Conan, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like the list goes on. Like There's one from Billy Crystal, Bruce McCullough. Did uh, you see Rogan's? But, Seth Rogan's? Yeah, Seth Rogan's is on here. Seth Jay Rogan Baruchel. was like... Um, he blatantly ripped off Norm's delivery in his early days of acting. And if you watch Freaks and Geeks, you can totally see it. Like, he's not doing the, like, impression, <laughs> but it is that, it is kind of that, yeah, kind of, I'm kind of disgusted with your way of talking when he's on that show. If you, I thought you it was it more, he said, like, I was, uh, oh, it was acting. I thought it yeah. was when he started stand-up. Because at first I was going to take umbrage with that comment because... You know, you can barely call Seth Rogen a stand-up anymore. You know, they should take it off your IM, uh, your Wikipedia if you haven't done it in more than five years. Really? You think so? I mean, yeah, maybe once a stand-up, always a stand-up. So, like, but like you some say people, Eddie Murphy is not a stand-up? Come, he had incredibly influential sets in the 80s, and now you're just yeah, going to take fair. that away from him because he's a movie star? How about Michael Keaton? People forget he was a stand-up for years before he got into movies. 
I'd love to see some of his stuff. It's... Imagine if he... Imagine if he was all, like, if he actually tried to do, like, stuff about Batman, and that's how he got the movie, and that's what set him off into uh, acting. It, it's very weird watching Michael Keaton do stand-up. But one of the big things that he was known for, SNL ripped off. Um, like, you know, like, the uh, John Lovitz's character, he's the liar guy, he's like, ah, that's a ticket. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, yeah. that, that actually kind of, that whole character kind of started with Michael Keaton's stand-up. Interesting. And they kind of ripped him off, yeah. Yeah, uh, but we're not here to pay tribute to Michael no, Keaton. He's we're very much alive, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Although he did do one of the episodes of Norm's talk show and posted a nice tribute himself to Norm Macdonald. So oh, that's good. Yeah, but uh, yes, now we're here to talk about uh, the goat, Normie. Oh man! So you know, you know, I, I found out the news yesterday in the newsroom where I work, and I was telling another coworker a story. And I'm in that weird age bracket in my work where everyone's either way younger than me. Or way older than me. So right. either they're like too young, they maybe they're just getting into Norm, or they knew a thing or two about Norm, but they weren't huge Norm fans. Or they were so old that, you know, that ain't Henny Youngman, it's not funny to me. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I just, I let out the, what the fuck? Like that. <laughs> the whole newsroom heard me. And I had to stop the story. I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta sit, I gotta sit down and compose myself. And, uh, one of the guys came over to me later because what I'll do with these new guys is just like I did when I was young. I'd steal the Norm material. I do that all the time with them. I'll tell old yarns of Norm McDonald's. I give them full credit. I'm like, this is a Norm joke. But I'll do it to make like the, the new reporters and stuff like that laugh if they want to hear a joke, if I know it's been a tough day. So uh, the one guy came over. He goes, yeah, I yeah. heard you scream from across the room. Are you okay? <laughs> like, very much not okay right now. Yeah. 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 And I watched last night after we did the thing. Um, it was just, I, it was a random clip. I guess Howie Mandel has like a podcast that he does. Yeah. And he had Anthony Jeselnik on. And Anthony Jeselnik hosted Last Comic Standing when Norm was one of the judges. So they got to know each other pretty good. And uh, they were actually talking about how bad sitcoms are nowadays and how like every comedian has like the same kind of candor where they, uh, when they do it, so it's kind of weird that it came up. And mid-sentence, Jesselnik, she's talking, and he just stops. He goes, you're kidding me! And, like, the whole show stops, and Howie gets all rattled. And he's like, oh, my, we just we just gotten word that Norm MacDonald passed away. And Howie's like, he's my countryman. Oh, I love him, you know? Like, And he, he told the, the Norm's Bill Cosby story about, like, his dad. Like, Bill Cosby wanting his dad's phone number to call him and, like, cheer him <laughs> up. But his dad was already dead, so he just gave him a fake phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, but it was just like like you wouldn't expect Howie Mandel to be really impacted by Norm Macdonald, but yeah, he was. I too, mean, they were know? they're not far in age, and uh, they could have come up in like the Norm. Yeah, I figured as yeah. much, but they could have come up in the same like Toronto. You know, yeah, because I imagine that's probably where they both did stand up first before moving to New yeah. York or L.A. And how he uh, so had a talk show briefly, too, in the late 90s. So it was the same time that the Norm sitcom was big. So they might cross paths there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Plus, you know, just like uh, at any Juno Awards, 
uh, any sort of Canadian talent awards, it's like they all probably know each other because they're all, you know, there's the, the industry's not that big up yeah. here. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that with music all the time, that the Canadian yeah. comedy industry is, isn't, isn't that huge. Um, like, I mean, there's only, because uh, I hear this, this is a weird stat that a lot of comedians bring up because they, they always talk about on their podcast how they're so fortunate to be doing stand-up. And they're like, there's only like 300, 400 working comedians make, making decent money in the whole world or something. So, I mean, that's crazy when you actually factor, you know, so you could be a research, uh, rocket, a brain surgeon, a rocket scientist. So, like some of these things that seem so, you know, far fetched that more than or before you can be a comedian. Well, yeah, well, because there's not too many jobs out there where you have to face rejection en masse um, every single night. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. you could be you could face acceptance from all the promoters and stuff like that and get bookings, but not get any sort of reaction from the audience. And that's not easy to deal with. And Norm was the master of that. When he'd tell a joke and it like wouldn't work, he'd just stare at the audience until they started <laughs> laughing from being uncomfortable. I, uh, a friend of mine, after the after he passed, a friend of mine sent me this clip. Not the clip, but like just four panels from comedians in cars when he was on no, that. Oh, that was great. And he's like, eh, there's a comedian, Pat Oswald, who told me, uh, the, I think the worst part of the Cosby thing was the hypocrisy. And I disagree. And Jerry's like, you disagree with that? Yeah, I thought it was the raping. <laughs> when he tells and of that course, joke to Seinfeld loses it. Yeah, but then again, Jerry was the easiest person to make laugh on that show. Like, everyone has him in stitches in, like, five seconds. Well, he's, he's because he'd go and he'd, like, recruit the people. He People would be on, would be invited on by Jerry Seinfeld. Not by yeah. like some like you know here's who's hot yeah, right he, now Jerry he got people he, he probably liked. didn't need a booker or anything yeah, he's exactly. like here's who I want on this list exactly yeah, and you know you don't say no to Jerry Seinfeld because you talked about like maybe there's 300 comedians working and you go to each subsect yeah. there are like five or six Jerry Seinfelds who have yeah. a collection of like 50 cars yeah. <laughs> enough that he can take a different one out for every episode of the show so yeah yeah to make it to that level and Jerry was on Norm's show too. So they were uh, contemporaries and fans of one another. You know, that's yeah. that's that's the other thing. Like, it's and Seinfeld doesn't like he respects the medium of comedy, but he does not go out of his way to do many people's podcasts or shows. No, he doesn't. Like he because he respects the old guard. Like he'll do like late night. He'll do that circuit, but he's like I don't see him going on too many podcasts. He probably thinks it's too new media. It's too off the beaten path. Even though like Rogan. Like, if he ever was on Rogan or Marin, uh, it would probably get insane numbers he by comedy fans. He might have done a Marin. I believe yeah, I recently, though. Like, when I, after I stopped listening, I think he had him on. Yeah, of course. He waits now till it's safe. <laughs> it's like, oh, this podcast thing is legit. It's not some underground, just like, guy in his basement. Yeah, but I'll tell you, we get back to Norm. Uh, Marin uh, said long before Norm passed that that was his first great episode. Was when he had oh, Norm really? on it, yeah, yeah. It was, was that before, or after Obama? Oh, <laughs> uh, this way before Obama. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, it was just because of how personally gotten he. I guess he he they had always known known stage Norm, you know what I mean, the character that is Norm, but they never knew yeah. the uh, the real guy, and he really opened yeah. up there, and it's a it's a great episode. Yeah, I'll tell you the one that it's, I go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Well, it, it's interesting when. Uh, 
Like I texted you the other day about uh, how the the two guys that I love, Big J and Dan Soder, were ripping on our, our dear Josh Adam Myers for making uh, when someone passes away. There's so many people who try to like star climb and make it about themselves. Sure. Yeah. Or they'll they'll tell some like connection they had to this person, and it's like it's like they were at his bedside when he died. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they were they spent a whole like 30 minutes just ripping on Josh. It is for, you should listen to that episode. It is hysterical. Was he there? Was, was Jam there? No, this is because <laughs> it's funny because they're. they're back? But they're good friends with them. Like him okay, and Big yeah. J are like tight. So, but uh, he they they said on the next episode they're like, oh yeah, Josh got lit up on social media and he texts me. He's like, were you making fun of me about something? Because I'm getting a lot of heat. <laughs> but they're like, he's such a good sport about it. That's why we love him and we know we can do it. Because other people will make they'll make they make fun of everyone and other people turn into huge pansies about it. But he's a sport. But. Um, but what's interesting about this Norm thing is every comedian who's crossed his path all has a very unique story mm-hmm. of like a Norm thing. Like Tom Segura was telling one about uh, him and Ryan Sickler were at this like Brea improv in like Southern California and Sickler's a big pothead. So they got stoned in the parking lot and they offered some weed to Norm. He's like, all right. And they got stoned with Norm. <laughs> and he's like, holy Christ, that stuff is strong. And then he goes on and does his set. Well, I saw an interview with him. He, when, when in the Marin one, he talked about getting really scared away from drugs when he was a really young man. So, like, drugs were not a big part of his uh, repertoire. And uh, he never drank. He wasn't a drinker either. Like, he tells that story about how he got super drunk when he was really young and <laughs> woke up yeah. in a rehab with a big, fat, bearded guy. Uh, <laughs> check that out on, uh, on Conan. That's one of the great Conan stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than his you know, on-again, off-again uh, cigarette habit, he was a yeah. pretty clean-cut dude. Well, what's interesting is also because it's part of Norm's act where he almost comes off as a little surly. Like, people always well, think yeah. he's drunk or... Yeah, well, I'll tell. So it's it's very interesting. Well, I'll tell you, we we so I've seen Norm three times in three different cities, and I know you just yeah. heard these stories because I was getting these out last night when no, we no, tried to fine. record. It's fine. Uh, but the second time I saw him, so I'll be bopping Scott a little bit here. Okay, um, we went to Toronto. Now in Toronto, he just kind of did his standard set. It wasn't like when I saw him at Thunder Bay and Hamilton, where it was like a different world kind of thing. Um, and I was there with Brent and our dear departed buddy Malcolm. And Malcolm was like, oh, brother, sit down and have a drink. And I'm like, well, the, sh- the show is over, man. Like, uh, shouldn't we leave here? Fuck right the bar's open. Let's go drink. So the three of us went. We just kept drinking, right? And the bartender was like, guys, this is a bar, yes, but it's a bar and a theater. You got to go. Right? So we're like, all right, fine. And uh, I think I mentioned it was by the X. Uh, and that's the other thing, too. Getting back to my point I was making. That Norm, he walked out with an em- with a beer bottle. You can tell it was empty because he never sipped out of it, right? Um, and he was acting a little surly the whole night, right? A little drunk. Yeah. Um, and my sister had a friend who went to the show. And uh, this friend was like, Norm seemed drunk to me. Can you ask your brother if he was dr- if he thought he was drunk? And I was like, I, he, he definitely wasn't drunk. He did come off like that, though. He did try that. Because um, I think he was trying some different kind of material. So... We, we, we leave the theater, we're walking back to try to find the train, and we see all these people lined up facing an alley. And they all got big smiles on their faces. And I was like, I know what's happening in that alley. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's there. And I, like, I have been almost religiously watching Norm MacDonald videos on YouTube since I want to say 2008. 
2009, that's when like the obsessiveness began with my love of Norm. And yeah. I've always con- he's he is my favorite comedian, and my th- I, it's hard to name. I it, I'm very hard pressed to name people who make me laugh as hard as he does consistently. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Oh, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So I didn't want to go meet him because they always say don't meet your heroes. Right? Because I wanted to make sure what if I met him, it would be a good encounter and everything like that. And I was drunk, and <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So, you know, Malcolm and Brent were like, no, we're, we're going to go meet him. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So I stood there, and I was so nervous. It's our turn. He's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we get up there, and I, I was so, I think I said to him, you're my favorite guy ever. I think that's what I said. And uh, Malcolm, though, chatted him up. Malcolm was like, uh, oh, brother, we saw you in Hamilton. Uh, there, you did that joke about stopping Tom. And you, you sang that song about Hamilton. And you remember that <laughs> when we saw him in Hamilton, he made this joke about stopping Tom Connors saying that Hamilton was the worst um, city in Canada because stopping Tom didn't have a song about us. And he was like, <laughs> we can write one tonight. Hamilton got the smokestacks and the tiger cats. Hamilton. So I started just singing it because I was nervous. I was like, Hamilton, smokestacks, tiger cats. And Norm's like, yeah, Hamilton. <laughs> and then he took the picture of us. And uh, that was the night. And he turned around and he, like, uh, he said hello to all like the costume workers because it was around Halloween. So by the X in Toronto, they have all those haunted houses. So all the workers right. like, came out to see Norm. And he's like, eh, he's signing their autographs and stuff. <laughs> but totally lucid. Like, he was not drunk at all, even though he came off like yeah. that on stage. And I remember he had a real nice soft hands. We talked about that yesterday. Really nice soft hands when I shook his hand. Well, it's, I mean, I imagine most comedians probably do because they're not doing roofing in their spare time. You know, they're sitting there either with a pencil or a yeah. computer writing material or they're on podcasts. They're not yeah. breaking bricks. I remember afterwards I jumped off the curve and clicked my heels together like uh, like a guy <laughs> in a movie. And um, I mentioned this yesterday, and you are well aware. Stop saying that. The, the Sorry. People don't they know. Don't know. They don't know. But uh, uh, my buddy Malcolm, who's in the picture with me, passed away three weeks after we met Norm in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. And I'm looking at the picture right now, and man, a lot of feelings come up now when I, I see that picture. I've got it framed on the wall uh, in my house, and it's right across from me right now. And it's, oh man, gets me gets me st- stoic a little bit, you know what I mean? It gets me, yeah. me thinking about stuff, you know? I'm, I'm the only living person in that picture right now, you know? So it's, it's hey, life, you know what I mean? It's, you know, uh, um, Jesus. Like, we, at the start of the show, we called Norm the GOAT. And, you know, it's very easy. Like, comedy is so subjective, right? There's people, like I said, there's people who love, you know, the big humor, the Dane Cook pacing the stage, like, you know. There's people who like, you like the the Mitch Hedbergs, the Stephen Wrights, the one-liners, the kind of weird time stuff. I love those guys. The Hedbergs You get the the one-liner shock humor, like a Jesselnik, or you just get, like, the standard stand-up, whatever. But Norm... Like, Steve Byrne had a great tweet uh, after Norm passed. He said, you get people who are the most cynical, that hate everything, that can't agree on anything, but all can agree that Norm was one of the best. Yeah. His tweet was something like that. And yeah. he's like, and that's the thing. No matter what style of comedy you did, it's like, you're not a fan of the, the medium if you can't appreciate what Norm brought to the table. Like, I could, he was like a Pearl Jam set. You didn't know what you were going to get night to night. He could riff. 
uh, he could be. I imagine he probably did some crowd work. Like there's some comedians who oh, specialize did. in crowd he did. work. You remember when we saw him? And uh, our buddy uh, Max is gonna love this. He's like, people are like shouting out where they're from for some reason. Somebody yelled Tilsonburg. And he's like, yeah. Tilsonburg, my back still aches when I hear that name. <laughs> Actually, earlier this afternoon, I was I was listening on my iPod. I was not iPod, my phone yeah. to uh, me doing stand up. His big special, and at the end, it's all crowd work. Like the last ten minutes is all just crowd work. He's talking about the Lakers right. and he's talking about Tiger Woods and shit like that. But um, um, the weird part about that is like the first like five or six jokes are all about death and cancer. Weird. Yeah. What year was that special? Oh God, it would have been like 2011, 2012. So. That's ten years, roughly. Yeah. He must have just been diagnosed or something. And, and the big joke in it was, you know, they, they don't even say you died from cancer anymore. They, they say you lost the battle. And like, he's like, who wins the battle? Because when you die, the cancer dies. It doesn't come out of you and immediately fuck your wife, you know? And he doesn't go, ah, this is where he works. I have cancer. I won the battle. Where am I starting? <laughs> I'm taking over his bank accounts. He he's, I got his identity. Here's another bit too where he's like, um, I got to be careful, man. Death runs in my family. My dad died. My grandpa died. My great-grandfather <laughs> died. A fucker before him died. I think the next guy died. I don't know. I don't know much about him. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You know... There's only so many premises. I, I mentioned this last night, but there's only a hand, so many premises that people have. You know, stuff about drugs, stuff about a fight, stuff about relationships, politics, all this stuff. Uh, but Norm makes a beeline away from where the obvious, where everyone's expecting the joke to go. Mm -hmm. And nothing was uh, symbolizes this more than his uh, his appearance on the Saget Roast. Oh, big time. Because the, uh, everyone's doing the, you know, because Saget's a very blue comic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing very blue stuff. I mean, you know, that's the nature of the roast. Everyone's insulting each other. Everyone's getting pretty vicious, digging up all the skeletons in people's closets yeah. uh, for all this lots year. Lots of and, and Olsen twin jokes. Yeah. Yeah, lots of Bob Saget being, like, pervy and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And but then here's Norm. First of all, he spends the whole time. Did you remember this? He spends the whole time doing like a crossword. Yeah, or something. he's like reading he's the like sports a, section. And then when they make fun of him, he just look up. Yeah, he's then, like, oh, <laughs> and so everyone's kind of laughing at this. He's playing it so aloof. And then so when he gets up. His stuff is just so PG. Yeah. I think he cursed once because he made a joke about a dog, saying someone's like got a dog face, and he, he <laughs> yeah, like, tastes no like one... red tin tin. Is what he's saying. Yeah. And then no one gets it. He's like, I'm saying you have a fucking dog face, and that's what everyone starts losing but, it. But like his stuff was so against the grain in that in that set that like people in the audience and even me watching it the first time, I'm like, I was driving me nuts. Saget was losing it, he... and like all the guys that. We're in on it. We're just loving it. Well, like, what I saw when he explained it, he was basically like, they tell me to go up and be shocking. And he knew the comedians that were going to be up there. Yeah. And he knew that there's no way I'm going to be able to outshock these guys. Certainly not going to be able to outshock Bob Saget. And that was, like, his thing at yeah. the time. After Full House, he was, he's, oh, I was on a sitcom and now I curse. 
You know? Yeah. Um, well, not only that, he was he was on a mission to be the anti-Danny Tanner from going squeaky yeah. clean in America's Funniest Home Videos to be like, look at me, I basically molest children. Exactly. Um, but then he just kind of had his, he had a thought there, and um, what's it called? Um, he, he decided to pull all of these jokes out of a book his dad gave him when he got into comedy that were jokes that you're supposed to tell at, like, retirement parties <laughs> and stuff like that. So that's why they're all really, really PG. Like, eh, Cloris Leachman, eh, they say you're over the hill. Yeah, I'll never be over the hill in that car you drive. Uh, my favorite was uh, Susie Essman is here, and she's known for being a vegetarian. If you ask me, you're full of baloney. <laughs> That was my favorite one. I love that. Like, you know, to the untrained <laughs> eye, people thought he was, like, purposely blowing yeah. that set. Like, he was just, like, taking a dive to maybe, because I think he was one of the last ones to go up before Saget, if memory serves. I yeah, could be wrong. Yeah, I, I believe Gilbert Gottfried went on after him, and oh, I remember God. Jim Norton went up, like, right after him. And he said, Norm, your, sight, your set was about as exciting as watching Peter Fonda pick blueberries. And then Norm puts down <laughs> the paper and goes, well, by golly, what's wrong with watching Peter Fonda pick blueberries? <laughs> but yeah, I think Norm, I mean, he probably had some, like, weird, undiagnosed, like, oppositional defiant disorder because people tell him to go one way and this is the same thing in SNL mm -hmm. you know people tell him to go one way we want you to do do the news like this and like he was on the heels of like Kevin Nealon who was no slouch at the news yeah but uh, you know he did it a completely different way well, he went for the blunt went for the jugular well I saw in, in um and in, like they did one of these like SNL things on NBC one of the big specials they do every 25 years and I forget who it was, but they called Norm the last dangerous cast member Interesting. in the show's history. Because he really was. Like, when he went on Weekend Update, you had to get, like, the sensor ready. And he had to be ready to feel <laughs> yeah. complaints because he changed stuff on the fly. Um, it was all the OJ jokes that got him fired. Um, was it? Oh, big time, you know? He'd, he'd say... Yeah, he, but that trial was in, like, the early 90s. Oh, he didn't it, get fired until, like, 97, 98. But it stretched, that trial. Yeah, like, they didn't get the verdict till 96. And I'll never forget the line. He opens up the news with, that's official. Murder is legal in the <laughs> state of California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, like, talking about, like, this piece of evidence that they had put up that was, like, OJ's, like, balaclava or something. <laughs> He's like, unfortunately, uh, OJ stood up and said, hey, here it is, my lucky stabbing duke, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's it called? My thing with him on SNL was the sketches. Because, you know, you get these Weekend Update people, and you get someone's like Tina Fey or Colin Jost, not Juiced, said Juiced the other night, <laughs> or like Dennis Miller, and all they do is the update. And, uh, you know, they didn't get, you know, Jimmy Fallon's and Amy Poehler's do update and a bunch of sketches, too. But Norm did, like, a select number of sketches. Yeah. Very like choosy. he did the Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah. So when he was on, it was a big deal, and they always killed. So, yeah. Like yeah. you said, like, like the celebrity, you know, his Burt Reynolds, probably the best known. But he also did Quentin Tarantino. Did you ever see him do Quentin Tarantino? 
I don't. Maybe. I can't remember. It is bang on. It is a perfect Quentin Tarantino impression. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, you can find it. Insert the clip right here. You can find it. <laughs> yeah, that's not Quentin Tarantino, ladies and gentlemen. That's Norm MacDonald. Uh, but he did, like, um, Charles Caralt. I don't know if you remember him. He was this old, old, like, old man reporter for CBS, and he would do this. Bit. He, like, he would go to, like small towns and interview, like, oh, she's got a big ball of twine. She's the twine lady, you know, like like boring folksy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Norm did like his last thing, and it's just Norm in makeup in front of the camera, and he's talking about how he had sex with all the people that he interviewed and stuff. But he doesn't, like, laugh or break character. He just does it all in that real folksy manner. Oh, it's so good. And Larry King. He killed his Larry King. And, oh, yeah. And Letterman. Letterman, yeah. Yeah. Now, there it is. I had to, and this is before he passed. This is, like, last week. I was itching to see the one, the first one he did with Kevin Spacey as William Hurt. But they've scrubbed oh, Spacey so off of all of the SNL stuff because, you know, he's, he's a creep. Um, yeah. So... I was able to find it like Daily Motion. Oh my god! <laughs> That's <was> so funny. <laughs> But he's got another one that's good too, where like Alec Baldwin is uh, De Niro when he comes out, and uh, he's like talking about uh, how, how mad he is at Nash Bridges for having Cheech on there, but not Chong. And he's talking about Chong. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Why do you keep asking me if I am dumb? What is your trip? You got me good? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, there's that. Oh, it's because the thing about Norm, when he does those types of impressions, he really pays attention to like little things. It's the little things that make it funny. Like at the end, for no reason, he like. Uh, he takes his jacket off, like doing yeah. because I think Letterman did do that. I think um, he did it a couple of times, and it was like to symbolize, "Hey, my professional world's done. I'm back in like the real world, kind of yeah. thing." Yeah, yeah. Norm just whipped the thing off. And wasn't if memory serves, you know, the in when Kevin or not Kevin Spacey, um, uh, what's his face, David Spade. Was the really obnoxious? Oh no, sorry, that was Adam Sandler that threatened to beat the crap out of him. I thought that was Norm originally. No, Norm. Norm is just like he's walking through. This is the total bastard alien sketch. And Spade's like, uh, I got a joke for you. Knock knock. Who's there? Bye bye. And I get it. Bye bye. That's all it was. That's all Norm does in that sketch. <laughs> but the other one I watched this week was it was like him, Jay Moore, Tim Meadows, Adam Sandler, and Farley like go to the zoo. And they keep uh, jumping into a ball. That was their the last sketch. That's when they were all getting uh, fired. So it's like them they're being symbolically killed off. Because I think they all knew they were getting fired. <laughs> Farley's like, I don't have my glasses. What happened? No, no. Farley puts on his glasses. He's like, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> their heads rolled like Manyeth volleyball. And then Nar's like, Manyeth? What are you, the mighty Thor? No one talks like that anymore. <laughs> They're also covered in blood. <laughs> and there's uh what was the other one that was really funny where they were greasers? Norm was oh, like yes. the leader of this greasers. Great sketch with the Cobras. Oh, that, yeah. that was it. And it was when Robert Downey Jr. hosted. And they're like just like they're shooting dice or something, and Downey just breaks into song. He's like, yeah, hell is like, that? that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Come on, we'd come up with that one. And then, like, like Will Ferrell joins in his next one. He's like, "Why did you guys plan this?" 
<laughs> and then when the, the Panthers come to beat him up, he's like, all right, go get him, Johnny. And then Catan like jumps out and does a big dance move. And I was like, oh, no, this is going horrible. <laughs> and then, yeah, everyone just starts dancing except Norm. He like walks away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, speaking of SNL, when I saw him in Thunder Bay... Uh, his opening guy was Kevin Nealon. Interesting. Yeah, they went on tour together, him and Kevin Nealon. And I, I remember, like, I, I, and I'd seen, like, Nealon do stand-up before, and it was, like, a lot of da- dad jokes and stuff. But Kevin yeah. Nealon goes up, and he does a very tight, very good, very funny, like, 45-minute set. Like, he killed. He was great, Kevin Nealon. And then Norm comes out, and it's just totally different. Like, you can tell, like, yeah. Nealon Newer's beats were, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nealon had rehearsed yeah. this. Norm is just out there, and he's blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I'm losing it, and I'm looking around the theater, and I can tell where all the Norm every now you'll every now and then you'll just get someone like trying to put their hand on their buddy to get him to stop bouncing up and down <laughs> from laughing so hard yeah yeah and he at the end of his set because he went on like an hour and a half um he was like yeah you know you can leave if you want to this is just extra stuff you don't have to stay for this <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking until they turn the lights on. Eventually they did turn the lights on, but they didn't turn his mic off, so he just kept going and people were leaving. Yeah. I, I stayed for the whole thing. Of course <laughs> that you was did. a great time. But it also was one of those sets where you could tell he was on a different level that night, just yeah. like he was when we saw him in Hamilton. Segway. Hamilton. Segway. Hamilton. No, it's a, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, I had seen Tosh and Gaffigan in Hamilton, and, like, they were fine. But Norm was just on this other level where, like, my face hurt. Like, Gaffigan, you know, he did the Hot Pockets, and we get a chuckle. He does the bacon, he does his little shit shtick, and we get a chuckle. Nothing to take away from Gaffigan. Gaffigan's hilarious. Yeah, but it just, Norm goes on this... You have to be, you know, you always say this about your brother and his style of comedy. You have to be an Alex person. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you know, you have to be a norm person to just love that just offbeat style of humor. Just, you know, he he's just his own man. And either you jive with it or you don't. And we jived and we jived hard. <laughs> I think everyone there jived hard. It was a yeah. small crowd. They, they, it wasn't in their like main auditorium at Hamilton Place. It was like this other room that they had set up, like a comedy club. Like there was like a black curtain. Do you remember that? And, yeah. and like just a couple of chairs. And we were up in like a balcony. And um, my goodness, ah, trying to go on over some of the stuff he did outside of the. Oh, he was talking about politics. That was it. Where he was like, uh, you know, in America, when you you vote, you you vote for the guy who's got all the access to the bombs and. Out here, you vote for the guy in your riding. Like, you know, when they vote for this guy, he's going to build a bridge. Hey, you really use that bridge? Hey, you vote for him and he gets in. He's like, I'm not going to build your fucking bridge. <laughs> oh, that was also when he broke out the Germany, uh, the Germany joke. You know, where he was like, yeah. 
I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, back at the turn of the last century, uh, Germany decided to go to war. Their opponent? The world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you think the world would do a pretty good job beating them, but it was actually close. <laughs> and then they do it again, they go to war, and who, this time they've got the scrangly, scrangly guy. <laughs> and this time they almost win. But we let him be a country. I, I'm worried about Germany. <laughs> it's much better when he tells it than when I do it. Oh, so. obviously. But, and, and uh, you know, I also want to give you, and I'm sure you will, if you ever want to take out any of me retelling Norm jokes with the actual audio of Norm doing it, if you can make it work, by all means, I won't be offended. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Well, you, what, I what, just, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just... Certain comedians are interchangeable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And there's certain comedians who are just like, they're fine. And they'll probably have a long career because they have their own pocket of fans and those fans will always come out for them. And then you get the ones that like almost transcended the, the everything into, you know, whether it's, you know, you get your Carlins who transcended it because, you know, he became very relevant on a commentary perspective, mm-hmm. just like Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get your guys that are just legendary. But just Norm is just... He runs like all three of those like categories. Like He was never like the biggest yeah. comedian, but he was the one that got all the praise from his contemporaries. And he had his loyal fans. And... Although it is funny that none of his stuff, despite being so funny, none of his ever endeavors... Like the Norm Show lasted three seasons. He only lasted like four on SNL. Yeah. Um, his, his all of his talk shows fizzled out after like a couple of seasons. Yeah. It's just it, it's one of those things. People just don't appreciate Norm's genius. They never did. He had that until it was too late. He had the um, sports show with Norm Macdonald that was on Comedy Central, and it only lasted a season. And it's hilarious. He did a bit yeah. where he did a bl- bit with Blake Griffin. Where he talked about how he had all this technology that is going to make up, that was going to turn him into Blake Griffin. He was going to see what a day in the life of Blake Griffin was. So Blake Griffin was a good sport. He went to practice, and Norm just like voiced him. <laughs> it's hilarious, and he's terrible. And then the real Blake, Blake, Blake Griffin shows up. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm late. Someone burned my house down. <laughs> and Blake Griffin with Norm's voice is like, Hey, fellas, uh, that's my cue. I'll see you later. <laughs> And I guess when Comedy Central canceled it, people were really mad because it was getting good ratings. And they're like, well, you know, it's yeah. a sports show when we're not really a sports network. And people are like, what are you doing? It doesn't matter if it's sports. People yeah. are tuning in to see Norm. That's yeah. why they're watching. And it was getting good ratings. And they canceled it because they're like, oh, well, we don't do sports. It didn't matter. Norm could have been talking about the stock market. People would have been watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He could have bumped off Jim Cramer and would have got better ratings than Mad Money. Yeah. He, he used to do this bit, too, at the end of every episode called Garbage Time, where he had, like, whatever, how much time was left on the, on the the in the show. He'd just tell rapid-fire jokes. And this would have been the year that Batista hit 50. And he was like, Jose Batista, the best hitter in the American League or a guy I just made up. <laughs> That's interesting that he had that segment because uh, there's this one... 
I don't know. She's a podcaster. She's involved in sports and entertainment, but her name's Katie Nolan. She had a show called Garbage Time on well, ESPN. Yeah, uh, Garbage Time is a uh, sports quote. Sports it's, term, I know. Yes, you know, and you know what it means, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't have to justify myself to you. Or justify well, I don't know. You, you said it's funny they call it Garbage Time because this girl's got a show called Garbage Time. I'm like, well, it's, it's a common sports phrase, it's Garbage Time. I know, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said he said he's like people come up to me and they do impressions. Say, oh, my buddy's got an impression of you. You want to hear it? And he's like, oh, okay. And it always starts off the same way. It's always. <laughs> I mean, although you're like you're higher pitched, like eh, sounds hey. like Dana Carvey's grumpy old man. A little bit. I'm old and I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, going through all this norm stuff, uh, what would be like like because we we haven't even touched on Dirty Work or the Norm yeah. Show, his sitcom, which we did talk a little bit about during the Doug of the Slugs episode. What yeah. would be like your favorite? And you have to pick one. I'm gonna make you just pick one because I know this is gonna be hard. Your favorite yeah. like Norm moment. Your favorite Norm thing. It could be anything. A joke, a movie, a show, a sketch, something he said during an interview. I mean, if I had to pick just one moment, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with the infamous Conan Courtney Thorne Smith. Okay, sure. That's that's yeah. That's a, that's a popular one. <laughs> because just like a. Conan's reactions were just so genuine where he's like nearly shitting himself but also it just shows how quick-witted Norm actually was I mean he could have had those rehearsed maybe he was all backstage like hey Courtney we're gonna make fun of your terrible movie mercilessly and you gotta go along with it or or maybe it was all off the top of his head and she was just a very good sport Um, it's almost like, like if you agree to do a carrot top movie you have to see you're, jokes like this coming. Yeah, you're begging for it. I know, I know it's not popular to blame the victim, but in this case, she was begging for it by doing that movie. <laughs> Didn't do very well but, at the box uh, office either, chairman of the board. Yeah. I'm sure it probably made like $10. Like one guy went and saw it and he demanded his money back. <laughs> I'm sure Carrot Top saw it. <laughs> but uh, no, if you haven't seen that one... Uh, I mean, I could drop a quick clip in here, but it's basically, it's Norm, uh, so she, Norm's doing the panel, and he's not, like, he'd already done his segment, he's sitting on the second couch next to Andy, and, um, (laughs) he's trying to ask Courtney Thorne-Smith the title of the movie, And and Norm's like, I know what it's going to be called. He's like, what's that, Norm? He's like, if it's got carrot tough, it's going to be box office poison. And then so she, everyone starts laughing, and then uh, and Conan just, like, slapping the desk, just with his usual high-pitched yeah. giggle. And then he's like, it's actually called Chairman of the Board. And Conan's like, oh, do something with that, you freak. And then Norm takes, like, two seconds. He's like, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. And that just sends Conan <laughs> off in, a, in another shit fit of laughter. Oh, man. That must have been brutal, having to be on the panel with Norm. Oh, yeah. He, that's the thing. His, his wit was so razor sharp that, like, he could just cut you to ribbons if he wanted to. Oh, man. And and Courtney Thornsmith got, I, like, I'd be, well, go on her Twitter. Google Courtney Thornsmith. See if she has a Twitter. And uh, let's I see what she says. I don't know if she has says. a Twitter. 
They, I think they did become friends later because I think she was on the Norm show. Oh, was she? Yes. I believe she did a guest appearance. All right, Courtney. While, while you're talking Thorne about that, this Smith. isn't one of my favorite moments, but it's... Uh, the first since... thing that you get when you put her name in is Courtney Thorne Smith, Norm MacDonald. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, she have Twitter? Oh, nine hours ago from Vandy Fair. Thank God... Thank you, God, and Norm MacDonald. Courtney Thorne Smith loved being roasted by Norm. So there you go. See, what a sweetheart. What a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing. Even, like, whether her career or not lasted, she'll be remembered she for that She did fine. Clip. She did the According to Jim. Oh, yeah, she was on that show. How the hell did that show last, like, ten seasons? Because <laughs> it's, it's the most easy family watching. You know, you know this, Brian. They have done studies. When people come home from a long, hard day at work, they want to turn on the least offensive thing. Yeah. That can very easily be, according to Jim. Yeah, the last thing wants, uh, Joe Sixpack wants when he flops down in his parking lounger is hardly to watch something like The Wire. He wants to watch, like, easy list. It's like the, it's like the K-Light FM of TV. Yeah! It's, it's largely just background. The kids might seem something funny on it. I don't know. I think for many reasons, Jim Belushi often gets a bad rap. Oh, I know. He Community doesn't deserve that bad. So he, he, he was actually pretty funny on SNL when he, when he was on in the 80s. He did some good stuff. Oh, was he? Yeah, he, he was good. He just wasn't his brother. And all people wanted Jim Belushi to be with his brother. And he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Jim Belushi. Um, but uh, no, what I was gonna say another hilarious thing that I just watched like at the start of the summer when we were doing the Doug and the Slugs episode, and I was thinking about like because Norm, the whole Norm show is on uh, YouTube. Yeah. And there's I texted you that one clip from the episode where Norm is about to go back into the like Gamblers Anonymous, and he's like about to take that first step. Yeah. And he's uh, he goes in, he t- he's basically holding court. He's like, I am I have a problem, and I need help. And everyone's like, and then he, someone steps away from the sign, and it's actually actually like a necrophiliacs anonymous yes, meeting. Yes, I do he's remember like, that. And he's like, ah, you people are freaks. What the hell is wrong with you? Where's the gamblers anonymous? They're like, that's down the hall. He's like, my name's not Norm. Never forget who I am. I don't remember who I am. And he just gets the hell out of there. He doesn't do on me doing stand-up. He talks about alcoholics anonymous, and he's like. Uh, Hey, you know, it's not very anonymous. You, you memorize everyone's face. You know, their first name and often their last initial, you know. My name is Richie K. And I was under the influence of the demon rum. And I started punching my newborn in the face. I'm not telling you my last name. First initial's all you're getting. And you know what I look like, yeah. But, um, what's it called? No, uh, another good norm, uh bit from the Norm show. It was the same episode, The Gambler's Anonymous, where he goes to like this weird like Chinese restaurant and they're playing some weird gambling game with an egg. <laughs> they both have like an egg. <laughs> he's like, ah oh, yes, I get this okay. <laughs> some guy just smashes his egg with his own egg and they take all his money. He's like, okay, I think I understand this. So Lori Metcalf was on the show. Oscar nominated Lori Metcalf was on the Norm show. Yeah, and uh, she like comes down to confront him, and there's like a TV in the background, and I was just looking at her like this, like, and she's like, "Oh my God, you're watching the TV behind you through my glasses, aren't you?" 
<laughs> oh my god. So good. So good. You know, the Norm show and the Drew Carey show. I mean, I know the Drew Carey show took a huge left turn when, uh, uh, what's her face? Kate. Uh, Krista Miller. I'm, I'm Krista Miller, thank you. When yeah. she left, the show kind of jumped the shark a little bit, but it still made me laugh. It just was a little wacky. But those two shows often got went very underappreciated. Well, Drew Carey was great in, until that, because it just got yeah. so silly and stupid. Yeah. Uh, but when but, it was on and actually telling stories, it was one of like the more like edgier shows on TV. I remember like the beginning of one episode, his like neighbor who was a character on the season before, like murdered his wife, murdered him, and then killed herself. Yeah. And that's how the season opens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, they did all these gag episodes. Like the they did one uh, where they were purposely trying yes. to appeal to the Emmy yes. committee or the Golden Globes and so they did like all these dramatic over the top things and then like Family Guy did that and like all these other people and they, they did like a musical episode with the Rocky Horror and I think like I mean they didn't sing but it was like a musical-esque episode and then other shows like Buffy it, did a musical episode and all these things so like they were very forward thinking oh yeah but and also, even, even, even that like opening Montage with the five o'clock world song and all yeah. the dancing. I remember seeing Carrie on like a talk show. He kind of limped out. They're like, "Are you okay, Drew?" He's like, "Oh yes, I just hurt myself dancing." He's like, "A lot of dancing on the show this year." Um, well, I mean, for a fat guy, he was pretty light on his feet. Yeah, he could move. He could boogie. Although, speaking of Norm, he he had a memorable like uh, episode on Drew Carey show where he played a bully of Drew. So he just harasses him. It was really funny. I thought he was this guy like that worked for Mr. Wick and had like a suit. Or maybe he was on news radio and he played that character. Well, he maybe I'm getting both, mixed up. But, uh, so I'm probably thinking of his news radio character then. I thought it was uh, Drew Carey. But I think he did work in their office, but he was just like there and he just started harassing Drew. Because I think Drew did something to him, but it was so innocent that he just like holds his grudge and he becomes this bully. But I, it's been so long okay. since Kay. The Drew did a Carey lot of show. weird stuff like that because when yeah. like David Cross was on, he like tried to like murder Drew. Yeah, he became um, like obsessed with him and like and then, was like, a stalker. When Kevin McDonald was on, he like had like the Drew hater, the Drew haters club. <laughs> he's like watching the security camera. They're like, let's sing our theme song. Oh, we hate him, 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 we hate him. We hate him. Second verse, same as the first. Though we hate him, we hate him, we hate him. Yeah. Oh, we're getting off topic on a Drew Carey show now. <laughs> Honestly, though, that that's sitcoms. That goes down in easily one of my top five favorite sitcoms. I could easily rattle them off now. Uh, why not? <laughs> Jeez. Drew Carey, Spin okay. City. Yeah, I love Spin City. Uh, Home Improvement, Seinfeld, and Malcolm in the Middle. Those are three or five of my favorite sitcoms of all time. That's your that's your hill there. Your your top five here. Yeah. There you go. Oh, shit. Actually, I got to bump uh, Fresh Prince. Sorry, Fresh Prince. Why don't you just make it into top six? Whatever. It's top six. Jesus. Fresh Prince. Everyone does a five. Brian doesn't conform to no top five. He does top Counter six. Counterculture Brian with his That's top right. six. That's right. Top six. Oh, boy. I think my favorite norm stuff at least when i became obsessed with him so yeah it, it started with like i always loved him i always thought he was hilarious but he was never my favorite until the saget roast 
And then I remember one night up in Dauphin, I was watching Conan, and he had uh, Gordon Ramsay was on it, and like Norm did like a cooking segment with Gordon Ramsay, but Norm was on too, and he did this whole bit where he like he said that he was old friends with Sully Sullenberger because Sully just landed <laughs> the play of the Hudson, and that he's yeah. like there's something special about this guy, and I bought the rights to his story, and but he, he filmed the movie before he landed the plane on the Hudson, on the Hudson, so he didn't have any hand- ending, and the ending is just him landing an airplane, regular airplane. <laughs> it was a dumb bit. He even joked about being a dumb bit for, but for whatever reason, I was like. I was bored at work, and I was like, I'm just going to watch some more Norm stuff on Conan. And it opened up this Pandora's box. Every day I was, I couldn't get enough of it. And I was yeah. memorizing all the stories. There was a one about the the little the little people in Vegas trying to have sex with hookers, and uh, oh, yeah, the guy they throwing jump the, on the, the bed. Yeah, the guy eating a turtle after he, the drunk guy eating a turtle, and um, <laughs> uh, what else was there? You know, the the the, the story about him like going to like BC to do sightseeing, and he stayed with his old guy playing Scrabble, and like the guy wasn't playing by the rules, and he wouldn't cook a breakfast the next day. Stuff like that, like wasn't just, wasn't Norm the one that told that obnoxiously long moth story? That's Norm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. That's one. That is that's that's him in a nutshell. The the moth story. Does <laughs> yeah. it just show, the joke doesn't have to be funny? The punchline doesn't have to be all that funny, but if yeah. you can tell it in an engaging way. The journey to get there. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Like, he, oh, had, yeah. he had one joke. He always tells about this guy, Kitchener Leslie. And it's when his <laughs> old grandfather would ride the rails in Ontario and they'd arrive at Kitchen, uh, Kitchener. Old Kitchener Leslie was the toughest old uh, railroad cop and he'd, he'd beat the hobos to death. And stuff like that. And his grandfather's riding the rails and he didn't want to mess with Kitchener Leslie. And the, the joke ends with him having sex with a pig. And they're saying, what are you doing, you that fool? That's Kitchener Leslie's girlfriend. And that's the punchline. And he, like Conan didn't even get the joke. But the bit is so funny. Seeing Norm tell this old story about the Great Depression and having to ride the rails through Ontario and how scary Kitchener Leslie was and stuff like that. And it's, it's it, also the, the, just the name, Kitchener Leslie. Kitchener Leslie's pretty funny. It's a good name. <laughs> By gum. Um, and he says stuff like that. By gum, my God. You know what I mean? Like those little old time phrases. And, you know, uh, oh, fuck, it's if, so funny. If Norm was alive this week and he, he popped down and said, I was born... In 1912, I just aged very slowly. <laughs> you believe him? I would believe him. Just the way he talks, he just talks from a completely different era. Well, he, he's I'm, not, gonna, I'm not talking like someone who's like from a bygone era of like political incorrectness and throwing around like dated terms. He just uses like the clean terms that are from like another oh, century. Yeah. Well, like, like, I, but, okay, so if you ever listen to Jay Moore's podcast, Jay Moore spends maybe. 20 minutes every episode going off on Norm. He loves Norm so much. And um, this is before he died. Like, it's it's oh, incessant yeah. how much he loves Norm. Um, and he, he, he said basically, if you look at Norm when he's like a young man, he's got those classic looks. And then you see how he talks. And he's right out of like the old talkies. You know what yeah. I mean? The, the, the silver screen. Like, he could have been a huge star in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah. He was like... But it, that's also a timeless element. 
to his material. And yeah. um, one thing well, we, that's why, yeah. like, one of the things that that made him so great too is, like you said, it's timeless. He's not a guy who, like, you know, you watch certain sketches on SNL, like the political sketches. Yeah. Like, I, I found a torrent once where I was getting all these old ones from the 90s, and I was all jazzed up. I'm like, yes, watch some of those classic bits. I'd watch an episode from, like, 91. I'm like, I don't get any of this political material. <laughs> and it's just whoosh, over my head. Yeah. And so that's why, I like, political, like, you're... you're um, uh, Bill Maher, like when he, I don't know if he still does any stand-up, but if he does, it's not going to be, like, his specials aren't going to be relevant in 10 years. And there's a lot of comics that are like that, just because yeah. they don't, you know. If, I can't if remember you're, who's the political guy. it doesn't guys. matter what side of the fence you're on. If your yeah. stuff is just, if your stuff is just commentary of the times, it's not going to be timeless. Norm's stuff oh, yeah. is going to be timeless, you know. Because you don't know what century it's from. Exactly. <laughs> from anywhere. It, it just still works. Um, you know, then that's the thing. And I was I was talking to my wife after we were recording last night. And I was like, it's a very, it's almost an intimate thing to have a person make you laugh so hard and so consistently. And you don't know him. I met Norm once. Don't know him, though. I was never going to call him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I met him once in a passing moment. But to have that ability to make you laugh so hard, so hard that you're seeking out their stuff all the time. Yeah. It makes you feel like you know them. Oh, yeah. And it's a very What's personable the- thing. Like, you know, like, um, we talked about this in the, in the other podcast, and I keep saying that, and I'm sorry. Uh, I, know. <laughs> so I know it's about to it I'm turning into a broken record. Um, What's it called? But like George Carlin. I've been your best friend for 25 years. You repeat yourself, <laughs> I repeat myself. It's a habit. I get it. Like, I'm not trying to talk smack about, like, the great George Carlin or Richard Pryor, but I watch those, I'd watch those guys do stand-up, and they're considered to be one and two of the best of all time in interchangeable order. Yeah. And it's funny. I get that it's funny. I get yeah. that it's well done and well put together. I look, especially like Carlin's bit about football versus baseball. Like, I'm like, this is a great bit. Is it making me laugh? No. I can appreciate how great a bit it is. I can yeah. appreciate the commentary. It's incredibly well put together, but it's not making me laugh. When I listen to me versus uh, me doing stand up today, which I've seen and heard before. I'm still laughing out loud at some of the stuff. Like, I think that's what made Norm so great, is that it was comedy that was good and well-written that could also make you have belly laughs. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's the other thing, too, is... And we talked, again, broken records. We talked about this last night. Stand-up is something to be shared in a club. That's one of the things. Whenever you listen to Rogan have a comedian on his podcast... All he does, he spends like in a three hour podcast, he'll spend two of it talking about stand up and another hour talking about whatever. But um, he always talks about how it's meant to be shared an intimate moment in a club or a theater that one time and then you move on. Because, mm. and he's right. Because, you know, if I'm watching a special, like I watched Ball Hog, uh, Tom Segura's special from earlier mid pandemic, and it was funny. I, I did laugh out loud a handful of times, but if we were sitting next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, in a comedy club, you have a very funny laugh, and you, it's contagious, and you can make a room full of people, like, if I told you I wanted to be an open micer, yeah. and I need you to be my, um, my, my support crowd, you could probably make half the room laugh just by like I could be bobbing up there, but you're just like. 
and everyone's find like, the "Joke's funny." Yeah, <laughs> like I gotta write good enough material to make me laugh. Like you're you're like my Newman. Like when Kramer's like, "We could have used you up there. He was a big fat turkey." <laughs> But yes, like when uh, <laughs> what is this parsley? <laughs> uh, but uh, like when I watch certain specials at home, very seldomly do they get the same reaction as like the people who are in the theater, and it's because it's that personal moment. Yeah, um, I will say one special that routinely I've seen it like twenty times over the last two decades and it still makes me laugh hard it's one of my favorites is killing him softly yeah that was that's an all-time great stand-up special yeah and yeah. last fall i went to ottawa with that's the, dave chappelle in case you're you you don't know yeah yeah uh but pre chappelle show chappelle yeah i was like young dave chappelle before yeah, every, he was, before he was everyone's favorite comic yeah yeah, yeah. um Last fall, I went to Ottawa with my buddies, and uh, one of my friends had a small edible gummy, and he gave me one. And I was also so tired between that and the, the gummy, I got knocked on my ass. And so we put on Raw. I was friggin' losing my shit. I mean, Raw is funny to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's funny to begin with, but when you're friggin' stoned, it is something else. Yeah, drugs aren't my thing. I like, oh, a natural, I, I like a natural laugh. Oh, <laughs> I don't fuck need your any, face. I don't need any assistance to laugh. You've told me you've done reefer. Also, you're you're a borderline alcoholic for a while. That's that's a drug in itself. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not. I'm, well, but it doesn't adhere you to laughter. One second. One second. Cat's being an ass. One second. Well, oh, Jesus scared me. I'm getting him. Okay. Get down. Get out of here. Yeah, he keeps jumping up on the counter, trying to get food. He doesn't even know where the food is. Also, yeah. what are you talking about? When you're <laughs> drunk off your ass, you're a giggle machine. I will find that sometimes. I also find out the few times that I, I have had like an edible or something like that, when I've realized, once I've realized it's kicked in, I go through a phase where I can't stop laughing. But that's not at anything. That is just at my own realization that it is kicked in. Oh, yeah, I've had that, too. Yes, that is where the laughter comes from. I'm not watching something laughing at it. I am just, actually, you know what? No. Here's a great... This is where the... When we were underage drinking... Do you remember this? We're at yeah. your parents' house. And we hadn't even had that much to drink because we... we You're a we, lightweight. We, I was a lightweight, though. And we had to stop drinking and come upstairs and abandon ship in the drinking. And, uh, but I was feeling it a little bit. And there was that commercial that came on for Corky yeah. Romano, the Chris Kattan movie. Do you remember that? And he's yeah. dressed up like a school, like a, a girl guy. He's like, you guys want some cookies? And for whatever reason, I couldn't control myself. I started laughing about it. And then I started thinking about it. And I kept laughing more. And yeah. So, okay, I guess I am guilty of having assistance from foreign substances. Last summer, uh, a girl I was seeing, she gave me an edible, and we were watching Family Guy, and they had this, they did a cutaway to this guy who was like an Amish comedian, an Amish stand-up, okay. and he's like, he's trying to do regional material, he's like, <laughs> he's like, 
is anyone here from Illinois? And he's like, no, I've never... Say, someone say a, a city. I have never been to Boston. <laughs> I have never been to Chicago. I have material on, like, eastern Pennsylvania and northern Ohio. Has anyone been there? <laughs> then, then I have been Jedediah. Good night. And I thought that was the funniest thing. I'm, like, losing my shit. Hey, that is and pretty she, funny, the way you're telling yeah. it. And, uh... And, like, she was laughing at me. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I don't normally have, because I have that tee-hee kind of a laugh. I don't yeah. usually get people laughing at my laugh. But she was laughing at me, laughing my ass off. There is something rewarding about being able to make someone laugh so hard. Yeah. Um, and you can start laughing, too. Because you're so, either you're proud of your work or it's just contagious of it. Yeah. And, uh... All right, I'm not gonna. I, 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 the one of the biggest times I ever patted myself on the back for making somebody laugh. Brian and I were at a New York Mets game in New York, oh. <laughs> and for whatever reason, we start. We're in New York, right? We're talking about Seinfeld, yeah, and we were talking about the Bubble Boy episode. And um, I mentioned to you that the Bubble Boy's father was played by Brian Doyle Murray. And, of course, Brian Doyle Murray, you know the actor, he's got that scruffy voice. So I said to you, he lives in a bubble. <laughs> and you lost your shit for about two innings. And I felt so good, so good that I made someone laugh so hard just by doing a voice. <laughs> Oh, I felt great. Don't worry. If it uh, if we stick around till Christmas, if we're still doing this podcast at Christmas, we'll do an off-topic on Christmas movies, and Ted will reference the... Uh, <laughs> well, you're still fired, and you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, I can do impressions of, like, my friends <sighs> and people I know and very, like, minor actors. I, I can't do yeah. any big impressions very well. You should work on a Stephen Tobolowsky. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like hey there Phil <laughs> bang it's me oh you like on. that character you gotta have it more like it's like almost like hello I'm Steven Tobolowski like you well he's in there I don't wanna do the <laughs> you sound like the guy from Alf oh yeah well, he was on Norm oh, that's look right, how we go was. full circle here there we go <laughs> and he passed away about a year or so ago too so there we go. Full circle. Yeah. Oh, Alf! Don't eat my cat! Oh, jeez! Here's my impression of that guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, any other Norm stuff that we didn't get to that you want to talk about? Um, other than, like, just, you know, how much we love him? You know, it's funny. Just to talk about how... This is what we'll wrap on. Like, it's because we're kind of recycling material, but... You know, I'm a like we've talked about multiple times. I'm a big podcast guy, and I bounce around to a lot of the contemporary comedians' podcasts. Yeah. At at any given time, not around his passing, those guys have all gone on uh, random tangents about just how funny Norm is, how yeah. he's one of a kind, how he's like what an unsung hero in the comedy world, and. I mean, I I almost want to take a break from all these podcasts because I guarantee you the next two weeks it's all going to be Norm tributes and ours will be the best, even though we have no we have the one interaction with them and that's it. But those guys probably have more interactions with them than we do. But uh, and you say I think too highly of myself. Hey, you're, 
was it not like two weeks ago when I was being too self-deprecating? You're like, you gotta be higher on your team. Hey, hey, no, I appreciate this positivity. <laughs> I didn't say it was a bad thing. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, you're special when it's like what that Steve Byrne quote. Uh, like everyone, no matter if you're Jeff Foxworthy doing the redneck stuff, or like you're, I guarantee you, Dane Cook probably tweeted something out he today, did. and that's not that's he not did. his style of humor, but he's still like everyone appreciates yeah. Norm. Yeah. Um, and so that's just why he'll always be, he'll never be forgotten, and he's that you know people always talk about these Mount Rushmores. Now he might not be on the Mount Rushmore, but he's definitely going to be on like he's on my the, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. he's on like. Uh, He's on like an extended when they do an add-on to Mount Rushmore. He could be on like the the wraparound on the other side of the mountain. Um, getting back to Norm, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I said this to uh, to Bryn last night. I said, "Isn't it weird that we live in a world where um, Norm Macdonald passes away and Artie Lang's still alive?" I know. How fucking wild yeah. is that? Now he put on Instagram just a picture of him and Norm and said, "Love you forever" or something like that. Like. He'd probably be dead if it wasn't for Norm. Oh, He'd yeah. probably be dead if it wasn't for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but Norm is one of those people. And I've been looking to see if Stern said anything. Because that was another one of Norm's big spots. It was Conan, Letterman, and Howard Stern. And he hasn't said anything yet. So I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm anxious to hear his tribute to Norm. And then obviously Burr's on Thursday. That's going to be. Because he was a huge Norm fan. Yeah. Burr, so... Yeah, there's going to be uh, a lot more to come, and I'm looking. I, I'm I'm looking forward to, to hearing them, in, in uh, but I'm also sad that we have to hear them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I then uh, Brian, uh, he he's just passed away, and I'm not one to really believe in uh, spiritual reincarnation, but uh, when my wife gives birth next week, if the baby comes out crying like this, we. <laughs> I'm gonna be really happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, she just threw something at me. <laughs> well, tell her I oh, support that decision. Oh, she dropped the remote. Oh, I thought she threw something. <laughs> uh, you know, I think this would be fitting to close with. You know, it's right. there's so many people in this life that don't always get to do what they want to do. Like you and I are funny guys. We could have easily, you know, been like the Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg, except the Christian version um, <laughs> and the East Coast version, because they're Jewish. Oh, oh, who's going to say I'm not Christian? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you were baptized I, like I'm a, Protestant, I'm a Gentile. Whatever. I'm a Gentile. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fine. I should have said the Gentile the version. The Gentile version. Or if you want to get uh, mean, the Goyim version, because that's the... No, no, no. Goyim's no, a no, slur. No. Gentile's no, no, the no, nice no. one. Yeah. Keep it PG. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, there's like, like you and I are very funny guys, and we love to write. Like we spent most of Contech, you know, in high school, one upping each other, trying to make mm-hmm. each other laugh. We were not like you and I would have fit in very well on a Saturday Night Live Conan type environment like I think if we had ever gotten to do that we would have flourished but unfortunately we didn't pursue that passion well enough or at all uh, yeah. so we're stuck with different types of careers which I know you're still doing what you love which is I'm yeah. happy for you but you know Norm was put on this earth to make people laugh and uh, 
And it's so like he, even though he still had many years to live, and I knew he was doing a, a new special for Netflix before he died. Unfortunately, we won't get to see that. He had some stuff in the works. Oh, you um, never get to film it. Oh. Uh, I mean, maybe there's some tape sets of him doing stuff at like I'm the sure comedy store. I'm sure stuff's going to surface. Uh, but yeah, hopefully something surfaces, but maybe not. But uh, either way, he spent th- four decades, maybe 80s, 90s, 2000s, yeah. 2010s. Uh, depending on when he got to start making people laugh and you know laughter is one of the things that you know brings people together it cures many things and he's he got to do it so even though his life was cut short a bit he has he i imagine he has no regrets and he got to do what he wanted so he's not on he wasn't on his deathbed saying oh woe is me and you know the world was a better place for having norm on it i i, I saw this somewhere today too like uh usually when there's um, when someone dies, like amongst comedians, there's always kind of a race who's going to make a joke about the death first. Yeah. Um, this is like the one case where the person who died would be totally okay with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if you, you believe totally in, be like yeah, 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 yeah. If you believe that Norm is in heaven right now, looking down on us, he'd be like looking. What is all this glowing tribute shit? Where's the roast? Yeah, who's gonna What's say wrong with you dude? You're that old of... chunk of coal met his, <laughs> his eerie demise. Yeah. <laughs> that out of tune bagpipe finally kicked it. Where's the jokes, people? Come on. Like that's the other thing too. His uh, we, we didn't even touch on his voice acting work. Well, no, because and that's extensive too, and yeah. that's everything like. Um, God, he was just on that show, The Orville. Of course, he was pigeon on yeah. Mike Tyson. It's probably that's probably his pinnacle, and that was another whole. A friend of mine, he's got a little daughter, who uh, tells him, "I want to watch the Funny Bird Show." And that's the <laughs> that's Mike Tyson mystery. <laughs> what I thought was funny about that was um, Tyson didn't know who Norm was, oh, and wow. because of how they recorded the show. Norm and Mike Tyson didn't do their uh, their. Uh, oh, they never met. Voiceover at the same time. Well, they met later. Uh, Mike did a uh, a Norm Macdonald interview, uh, like for his his internet show. That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but um, they interviewed him. Like, what's it like to be to know to work with Norm Macdonald? He's like, okay, I don't know Norm. He's like, when I met Jim Rash, I thought he was Norm. He kept calling him Norman. <laughs> He's like, I, met, I don't know Norman. When I met Jim Rash, I thought he was Norman. He goes, but Norman has a hell of a following. He's like, Norman's following is bigger than my following. I need to meet Norman. I keep calling him Norman. <laughs> I mean, that is probably the official on his birth certificate. It was probably well, Norman yeah, McDonald. Well, yeah, it's everyone. He's Norm, you know? I know. Mike Tyson, he's Norman. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, if I was Norm... And I met Mike Tyson, who could punch through my skull to the other side. I would let him call me Norman. <laughs> you gotta watch. Him. I would let him call watch, me Norman, even the, though my name is Brian. Watch the interview that he does with Tyson. Because there's a few times that Tyson tries to punch him. Really? <laughs> like jokingly, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> but they have a good time. You know, I saw an interview with Rogan when he switched studios. Or no, he had a he had a big table. He actually said he he had to get the table widened because the last time he had Tyson on, he was getting so excited he was gesturing and he almost hit him like three times. And nor- like Rogan's a big guy and like he knows how to fight. Not that he's gonna get up and fight Tyson, but yeah, he's uh, not gonna buddies. beat Tyson. But uh, still, he's just like the fact that you're intimidating a guy like Rogan. 
Says, well, if, if I have heard that just even like a joking punch from Mike Tyson without a glove could like fracture your skull. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I would come ask with else. Yeah. Oh boy, it's been fun. Um, yeah. And um, you know, we need to do an off-topic this week because how busy my next week's going to be. And yeah. uh, tomorrow we'll finally get around to doing part two of April Wine. Uh, I've got the script sitting right here; it's been here all week, so <laughs> we'll do that. And then we'll probably be a little bit of time before we get to Jack's All. But we need to put something out this week, uh, just because life's been hectic for for both of us. Um, uh, and um, it's unfortunate that we had to do this episode, but. We had to do it. We had to. We had to talk about Norm. You know, it's it's just one of those things I couldn't let pass. So as as sad as it is, just reminiscing on this type of stuff, I haven't laughed like that in a long time. And just reminiscing, <laughs> reminiscing about. You know what? This is what we do, and this is why I think when people like were from like outside of our group would try to hang out with us, they always have such a hard time because all we do is talk about shit we saw on TV. Well, I mean, that... <laughs> like, our reminiscing was, you remember when we saw this on TV? Remember how funny that was? It wasn't like I was actually doing something. <laughs> well, not so only we that, you and I, and this is what people, like Travis said, like, uh, when we got around to doing Swollen Members, I said, yeah. you know, Travis, you're a hip-hop fan. Why don't you come on? We, we always, we, we talked about having guests, and he's like, I don't know, man, your rapport is so, like, tight that it, it's like double deaths trying to jump in between you two. And that's, I think that's why... Uh, like I know people have said that our Jake, our episode with Jake is our weakest one, and it's because sometimes <laughs> my maybe my brother said three hens clucking. Well, my mom's been saying that to us for years. We've been... <laughs> she said that before we had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, she like she would hear us from our our living room, and she'd be like, "What the fuck is going on down there? It sounds like three old ladies just bickering to each other." And I'm like, it's Ted and Jake. He's like, I know who it is. You guys need to calm the hell down. It's a thing with our small group of friends. There's like no silence. You know what I mean? Like, I've had multiple girlfriends, including Bryn, my wife, tell yeah. me, it's okay to be quiet. <laughs> and I'm just not used to it. Because yeah. our group of friends is not quiet. We just no. talk, 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 and there's no breaks. No, that's the thing. Unless, like, we're literally, like, when we would go on Friday, Saturday nights at the bar drinking, unless we were literally watching a sports event and, like, we were watching for something to happen, yeah. like, yes, there would be a lot of commentary peppered in. But if, it, if there was no sports on and we were just literally at the bar talking to each other, it was like watching friggin' Crossfire. It was just like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, rapid fire. Yeah. That's just how we go. Yeah. And also, I, I think it's hysterical that people's... When people meet our friends group who's uh, are out-of-towners, you know, out of out of our social circle, mm-hmm. or, you know, when you bring your girlfriend in for the first time to meet our friends, I'll never forget, the, the, the person that nailed the head, the, the nail on the head was Aaron, Brandon's wife. She's like, yeah. are you guys even friends? <laughs> like, it's like, we're best friends. Like well, you guys are so mean to each other. Jeez, I'll tell you when, when before Bryn met you, she thought you were kind of a jerk based on what I would say about you. She hadn't met you yet, and I'd yeah. tell her all these stories about you, and I'd make you out to be this big jerk. What a show! And, and then she met you, and she saw us interact, and she's like, "Okay, you know, you give it to him just as bad as he gives it to you. You're just yeah. as big a jerk to him." 
Yeah, you, you're a little, you're a little nudge. Like, I got my waist. I got my waist and needle. Yeah, like you could be sitting there. I could be sitting across the room, and you could just—I could see you—the wheels grinding in your head. You're thinking of something that you know gets on my nerves, and you'd be like, <laughs> you just scream it from across the room, and just watch me get all hot and bothered. Oh God! It's like ah, dance monkey. There was a time we were at the West End pub, and I loved this. Um, we had made a bet on the. Um, this was a bet we made in the summer of 2011. No, and no, so we the, made this bet at Christmas going into the yes, season. <laughs> yeah, so we made this a while ago. And this is after the Phillies got Roy Halliday. One second. <sighs> you ass! <laughs> oh, no, you're not running for me. Where's the squirt bottle? Ah, there's the For squirt those bottle. who are it's too late to squirt now, wondering, Jack. this is how oh, he treats this one. this with me. Okay. All right. Well, I've got it with me so I can spray him immediately. Okay. Anyway. I, was do- I was doing commentary because I just hear, you ass, get the squirt bottle. I'm like, this is how he treats his wife. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Um, but no, no, no. We, uh, what's it called? So, yeah, we made that bet that the Phillies, when they had Halliday and Cliff Lee and um, Cole Hamels and Roy Oswalt, um, yeah. You thought they were going to win the World Series. And I said, all right, I'll take you up on that action. Because it was a $20 bet, and I had 30 to 1 odds. Um, yeah. And um, they were playing the fifth game against the Cardinals. And um, they lost one nothing. And I came in late. And they got the one run right away. Yeah. And I came in late, and I was needling you on every out. I was celebrating. Ha, ha, easy money. You were <laughs> so mad. And I believe, I believe you called me a cunt. No, no, okay, hold At on. At least hold on. once. Back it up. <laughs> Maybe back a few more Back it up there, times. Maestro. Back it up there. Yeah. Um, aside from like, yeah, you got there in like the third. So it was from like the third to the ninth of just nonstop needling. And so as soon as that final out was recorded, you didn't say a word. You, I looked over at you, and you had. The biggest <laughs> shit-eating grin on your face. You were just like, honestly, the only thing that was missing was that, like, rubbing your thumb and fingers together to, like, give me the money kind of thing. Uh, like that uh, Rob Schneider does at Home Alone. Where he's like, um, That's all you were missing to make it just the most obnoxious look ever. And so that's when I just erupted. I'm like, fuck you, you piece of shit. You're such a cunt. And I just stormed out of there because yeah. Brent went to have a cigarette. And I, so I go out there and I'm like huffing and puffing, like fucking Ted just being such a dickhead and that, uh, and I see you, I'm looking through the window and this is from across the street. You're like a good 10 feet away and you're like something out of a cartoon. You just put your face on the glass. You're not saying anything. I'm like, and you're just riling me up more. I'm like, what the fuck is he looking at? What is he doing right there? I'll tell you why I was looking though. To fill up my head the story. So the second Brian left in a huff, this girl who was sitting behind Brian, she turns to me and she goes, excuse me, was that guy your friend? And I said, actually, he's my best friend. And she says, the way he spoke to you is irreprehensible. And I said, I know. And she goes, I need to say something to him. What can I say? And I say, just say, go Cardinals. And she goes, you sure? Because I can really give him a piece of my mind. I'm like, no, no that'll suffice. So that's yeah, why I was looking at the window because I wanted to see your reaction because you were just getting up to leave. 
<laughs> I want yeah. to see what your reaction was going to be. Yeah, and then, so first of all, I see him like poke his like some friggin' school child looking at a TV circa nineteen fifty, like in a store window, just looking into it, looking out. And then you wave at me, I'm like, the fuck are you waving for? I'm coming back. And then, uh, and then you're like laughing at me from, from afar because I'm getting so mad. And then, uh, yeah, this this bitch lady comes up and goes. And she goes to like shake my hair, high five me, and I was like, I thought she was gonna be like a tough break kind of thing, and then she goes, go Cardinals, and I pull my hand out like, no, no, no Cardinals, get out of here! I like got mad at her. <laughs> I probably wasn't as aggressive. We'd have to text Brent on this. I mean, he listens. I'm sure he'll text oh, he us listens. afterwards. Uh, maybe he has a better recall of that than I do. But I just remember being very annoyed, and I was like, no oh, Cardinals. Man. Holy heck! But, that was yeah, so. so funny. Ted is a Ted's a little button pusher, but the problem is Ted stands a meager five eight, and I'm six eight. I'm like five ten. <laughs> You're like George. I'm five eight, five seven. I am like five ten, the same height and, as Brandon. Yeah, Brandon's like five nine, but he always gels his hair up. <laughs> I don't have much hair left to gel. Uh, um. Anyway, but uh, yeah, but I. Because I'm so tall, and if I start yelling, I can get very loud. So, you know, this big tall freak, oh, look at him, he's hulking out, what a shock. Take bullying his poor tiny friend over there. So I'm always the one that looks like a jerk. No one no one knows that you're the one sticking in the knife and twisting it in. I know how to get to, to certain people, and I know how to get to you. <laughs> how do, you know how, do you know how you get to Campbell? Because Campbell seems pretty impervious to like actually being like annoyed, but if you want to get him mad, either don't wear your seatbelt or don't signal when you turn. <laughs> he got oh, so any, mad at any me once. Things. Okay, so we've he talked got about... so mad at me yeah. once. I uh, I wasn't signaling, and he started calling me a piece of shit. <laughs> Why were you signaling? It's incredibly it's... dangerous. Yeah, it was it was late night. There was no one around. Who cared? You also, also wear, I... you don't wear your seatbelt ever either. No, I do now. Oh, you do now? Okay. Oh, I've been doing it for years since I got all those tickets. My but, favorite, uh, Campbell. Campbell's the worst when it comes to driving. I'm that in is Windsor. I used to live in Windsor, and no one fucking signals in Windsor. Weird. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Windsor's a very shitty driving city. Well, I'll signal even if I don't have to, just to be safe, just to make my intention known. Um, I do remember with Campbell, though, um, when I just got my license, and he was just as bad as me. He got his license, he sat on it forever. Um, and we didn't start driving. We started driving like around the same time. And uh, when we were like young adults, not even teenagers. Yeah. And I was driving us into Westdale. And I was turning, I think it was near Tally Ho. I was making that turn to like get into like the Westdale area. And as I'm making the turn, Campbell just goes, oh, for the love of God, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hit the curb. And I went over the curb. And, and the car was fine. Everyone was fine. But just that reaction, that, oh, for the love of God, no. Oh, yeah, he was such an overreaction, which is funny because he actually, the the time you ran the random red light, oh, we were yeah. at a red light, we were parked, and we were all debating where we wanted to go next. We were coming out of a bar, and we're going, we, we decided we were going to West Hamilton. Or, we're sorry, in West, West Hamilton. Uh, sorry, we were going to Dundas, we're, but we're, there's two ways you can get to Dundas. And so we're at a, a, a light, 
and two people are screaming, go left. And I'm like, go straight. And I'm like, but I'm, I was in the driver's seat, so Ted heard me more. So I'm like, go straight. And so Ted decides to go straight, but he doesn't wait for it to turn green. I so forgot he goes, that we were waiting at a red light. And I thought you were telling me to go straight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we're all like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you told me to go straight. And we're like, wait for the light to change, you dipshit. <laughs> and I could have so, killed all of us. Yeah. But uh, Mike was oddly calm, but he did yell at you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Brandon was borderline passed out in the back. I don't even think he knew. The the yelling, though, there was kind of justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's our episode. I hope hope you liked our little uh, random needling there at the end. (laughs) There's an off topic within an off topic. Yeah. Uh, We'll be back with our regular scheduled episode, hopefully this weekend. Uh, April Wine Part 2. Again, apologize for the delay. It's just been busy. I say we, it's we busy when you're about up. to have a baby. Switch it up. I say we, we go Jack Soul and then throw Part 2 rant down the line. Well, I'm not wait finished for listening to the Jack Soul discography. I've only listened <sighs> to one album. And uh, I've got to finish the script still. Uh, let's get this. I finished the script and all the albums for April Wine Part 2. So why don't we do what's finished first? Yeah. And then we'll do what's not finished. Yeah. Yeah. And why would we want people to wait around for part two of April Wine? I don't it's know. here. We they sat through part one. Time yeah. to do part two. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Bottom line: we love and miss Norm McDonald. If you haven't yeah. tuned out because we were talking about a couple of guys you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ted. I'm Brian. And uh, I'll close with, uh, try to, oh my God. Okay, here's how we'll end the show. Don't end it with us. I want okay. you to go, you get the audio. It should be from Norm's Netflix show. Norm McDonald has a show and him and Adam Egit sing a song together at the end of every show. Where they're like, so long, bye-bye. <laughs> see if you can find that in the episode with that. That'd be great. Okay. I'll and, see what I can do. All right. Well, hopefully it's, it's right here. Okay, if it's not here, it's two guys just awkwardly pitter pattering <laughs> off to the end of a show. There you go. It's time. Oh, it was fun. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. At ease. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. I'll approach and goodbye until we meet again. Yeah.